You know, I chose uh, to celebrate the Feast of St. Louis, as I mentioned St. Louis, because of my devotion to this saint. But the gospel reading was not from the proper, okay? There's uh, each time you have a saint, a large saint day, there can be a reading that you choose. It's proper to the saint or one just from the day. We chose the one from the day. Alex set it up. I didn't even look which one he had. But it matches so perfectly our saint today, St. Louis. This is how God works. Um, it says right here that, that, that God would put this person in charge, okay? The faithful and prudent servant, when the master has, who the master has put in charge of his household to distribute to them their food at the proper time. Blessed is that servant who the master on his arrival finds doing so. That's exactly what St. Louis was. He was somebody put in charge by God to take care of the flock. And I pray for St. Louis's intercession because now being um, in, in a role at the Marion Helper Center, we have 70 employees and as provincial superior of the United States and Argentina, please St. Louis help. And all of you in some way or another are in charge of maybe your family, your children, even your spouse, you know, keeping them on the right path. It was funny because I remember in high school, we had a thing, you know, if you could be somebody, who would you be if it wasn't yourself? And we don't mean, the, the teacher didn't mean it in a bad way. Remember, jealousy is a lot different from envy. Jealousy is not necessarily a sin. Jealousy is, wow, I see what this person is doing. I like it. I, I want to be like that. That's how we are with Jesus himself. So jealousy is not necessarily bad. What's bad is envy. Now, envy is, I want what you have, and I'll crush you to get it. I want to see you destroyed. I want to crush you. I want to do away with you. I hope you fall into demise so that I can take over. They're totally different. Now, when we, in our class, were asked who we would want to be, you know, the common answers were, you know, Michael Jordan, because he's the best athlete, or Tiger Woods, or Bill Gates, because he has the most money, or something like that. And I remember saying, St. Louis the Ninth. <laughs> Everybody looked at me like, what the heck are you talking about? Who is St. Louis the Ninth? And St. Louis the Ninth is the perfect example of somebody who was entrusted by God over his household and was the wise and prudent servant. A little bit about him is incredible. So he was crowned king of France at 12 years old. He was 12 years old. Now, he had a great mom. His mom actually ruled for the most part until he was 21. But his mom was a great lady because his dad had died. So um, his father had died. Well, anyway, um, his mother was the one who led him in the faith. Now, when he was 19, he married a bride of only 12. I always laugh. They did things much earlier in those days. People were much more, I think, adult. Uh, they had 11 kids, so a good Catholic family. Um, his wife and mom did not get along. So St. Louis was caught in that position that a lot of others are. And um, his, his mom caused kind of a problem because she said the wife should only bear and rear kids. And the wife wanted to play more of an active role. So anyway, um, this was something. Now, one of the people he followed was St. Francis. Now, what's interesting is he lived at the same time as St. Francis, St. Dominic, 
Thomas Aquinas, many other world figures like Genghis Khan. So this was a real important time in world history, not the dark ages as, as secular society will teach you. This was really the true enlightenment. Scholasticism, Thomas Aquinas, St. Francis for living the life of a saint and St. Louis who brought it all together. Now, he was devoted, devoted to his people, what a good leader should be. I could only pray to be this kind of person. Uh, he founded hospitals, he visited the sick. This guy's a king and he's out there with the, the people. Um, he was well known for protecting the French clergy from secular leaders but at the same time, holding them accountable. This is what we have to do. He established monasteries and enforced strict laws against blasphemy. So he held to the truth. He was known as a peace king because no other time in France's history did it experience such peace. Um, it was never ever as peaceful as it was under King Louis IX. So anyway, he fought though when he had to. He was not a wimp. He took, when he had to fight, he would stand up and fight. He was not a glory hungry military warlord, but when he stood up and he had to, he did. In fact, he joined the crusades for the cause of the church. Anyway, he even fought when he had to against England. Now he defeated Henry III in his war against England. And after the war, guess what he did? He made restitution to the innocent victims in the war. So this is the kind of guy he was. He's the only canonized king of France. No other king and all these other kings was ever canonized. Now, why did people love him so much? All right, they loved him more for his personality than his military dominion or domination. Um, most of the times in those days, people were only judged by how great a military leader they were, like Napoleon. But Napoleon didn't have the love like this guy did. All right, he was viewed as the quintessential, I guess you could say, example of a Christian prince. This is back when the church was spread by kingdoms, monarchies, um, in the real understanding because the king is like a mini Christ on earth. The guy put in charge of his people, of Christ's people, to guide them. Um, he was said to embody the whole of Christendom in his person. Basically, he was perceived as the great Christian prince who was basically full of religious zeal. Amazing. Now, he built an incredible shrine. I was at the shrines of France and so we made a special trip over to St. Chapelle. He built this giant cathedral or, or, or shrine just to house the crown of thorns, the crown of thorns and a fragment of the true cross. He built this entire uh, beautiful structure just for that. And he spent over double the money on the relics than he did building the shrine. Now, where do you ever see that today? Not anywhere. So everything he did was for the glory of God, but also the good of his people. This is what he did. He protected the poor and was never heard speaking ill of anyone. I'm like, man, I get frustrated sometimes, Lord, and I get frustrated at a brother or frustrated with a family member, and I, I catch myself getting frustrated, and it's like, 
St. Louis intercede for me. Never spoke ill of anyone, but yet he held him accountable. He excelled in penance. Another area I'm like, help me because that's where I'm really, really weak. Um, it's hard. Well, he wore a hair shirt. He experienced scourging. He did fasting. And he was merciful, though, even to his enemies. Um, one time, he was, um, his soldiers or his generals asked him to put a man to death. Um, and this was the situation. He was urged to put to death this prince, all right, who had followed his father into rebellion against St. Louis and France. And so they all urged him, put this young prince to death, and he refused. He said, because his son had to obey his father. And it was his father who led the rebellion and his son followed his father. So he had mercy on this prince. Now, he was renowned totally for his charity. He would feed over 100 people daily right there in the court. Uh, beggars were fed from his very table. They ate. Imagine that, the king. Back then in those days, uh, royalty was just, aristocracy was just above the people. The regular people were never allowed to have any part of it. And he would eat with them at the table. In fact, he ate their leftovers. Now that's about the only thing I imitate St. Louis on because I always take the leftovers of my employees. I say, please don't ever throw that away. If they have a beautiful casserole and, and they don't eat it and I'm like, don't throw it away, don't throw it away. So I do imitate St. Louis in that matter because he would eat their leftovers. But anyway, he washed their feet. He wasn't afraid of lepers. He only wrote, or excuse me, he actually wrote, quote, my dearest son, this is to one of his boys, you should permit yourself to be tormented by every kind of martyrdom before you would allow yourself to commit a single mortal sin. Kind of like um, St. Rita, one of my other top five favorite saints. She said the same thing. She, she would rather her two sons, twin boys, died than rather commit a mortal sin. Amazing. Sadly, they both did. They both did because they were going to revenge their death of their father by killing the men who killed their father. Anyway, finally, he decided that in his obligations as a man of God, those outweighed his obligations of the throne. So he put himself as a Christian before a king. And he left his kingdom, as I said, trusting God to go on a six-year tour of crusades. And when he went on the crusades, his army was decimated, decimated by disease. And within a short time, he himself died um, outside of France. He died on foreign soil, partaking in the crusades to defend the church. So anyway, the city of St. Louis is named for him. But I read somewhere that they pulled, they did a poll of, of people in St. Louis and 90, it was unbelievable. 94% of the people living in St. Louis did not know his name for St. Louis the ninth. Whoa, this is what's happening. We're, we're not understanding the history, the richness, the tradition of the church. How could 94% of people in St. Louis not know it's named for St. Louis the ninth? Such an amazing man. 
And they have a huge Catholic population in St. Louis. In fact, it was referred to as the Rome of the West at one point. It was the gateway to the West too. But anyway, um, the city of St. Louis has produced a ton of bishops and many dioceses have sprung out of St. Louis. 44 other dioceses came out of the St. Louis diocese. So it's really, really important. Um, he's the patron saint of barbers and of grooms. So he covers it all. And this, this is a saint that, like I said, is a, a, to me a special saint. And I've always said this for years, that this was the saint that if I could be somebody, and I don't mean that in a way, bad way, we should never not be happy with God and what he gave us or who he made us. Um, but in our humility, we sometimes see that there are great examples of motivating people who to motivate us. That's the purpose of the saints. A lot of people say, oh, this Catholic church, worship of the saints. We don't worship the saints. I'm not worshiping Louis the Ninth. The purpose of the saints is to give you an example of how to live your life. Let me tell you something. I've said this before. If there wouldn't be examples before me that a true blue male can live a life of chastity, can crawl into your bed alone every night and can live that, I wouldn't think it's possible. That's why I delayed my vocation. I didn't think I could live a life of celibacy. It, it's in the male DNA to, to desire female companionship. And I didn't think, well, there's no possible humanly way that a male, a normal male, could live this kind of life, celibate, um, chaste. Um, you can't do it. Well, the saints give you the examples the saints give you the example that you can live a holy life. That's the purpose. St. Louis, it gives me that example that I can be a leader or at least try to be of a, of, of, of a follower of God. And the saints' examples are, are beautiful. I mean, even sports. I mean, we have sports heroes. I mean, you always hear me use Barry Sanders. Like, what parent whose young boy played football and was a running back, didn't want their boy to be like Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders was the perfect example. He, the way he conducted himself, he didn't draw attention to himself when he'd score a touchdown. He'd nicely hand the ball to the referee. He didn't do all kinds of dancing and crazy stuff. He was a great example. And society sees no problem with that. Society sees no problem with us having role models. Why in the world does a society have a problem with us having saints? Saints are simply role models. They are examples to us that we can live a life dedicated to Christ. St. Louis is an example that a man can be a leader and a man of God. The examples of the saints are they are the people closest to God. And so when we need favors, we need help, who not to go to than the best friend of the person you need the help from. They're not in place of God. But the saints will help us because they are close to God and they will go intercede for us before the throne of God. So I pray, St. Louis, please go before the throne of God and say this Father Chris down there really needs a lot of help. He needs a ton of help. Not meaning, you know, to do his work. He needs a ton of help to grow in holiness. 
He needs a ton of help to be a better man. He needs a ton of help to be loving and kind to, to those entrusted. That's the purpose of the saints. And since St. Louis has done that and lived it, he knows what it takes. And since God has rewarded him with sainthood because he was faithful to God, God is going to return that favor to St. Louis. Who am I to demand that of God? St. Louis already has earned, not earned in the sense that we earn ourselves into heaven, but he's proven himself faithful, which is the message of the gospel. Will God find you proven faithful when he comes? Will the master find you the servant faithful when he comes? St. Louis was found faithful. So God, the master in return, will hear his requests. And if I ask St. Louis to go before the throne and request of God aid for me, he will do it. Now it's up to me if I respond to that. It's up to me if I re, uh, cooperate with that grace. And many times I fall flat on my face. But that's the purpose of the saints. This is the purpose for me of St. Louis IX. The perfect example a great man, a great saint, a great follower of Christ. So let us give thanks today for a special super saint. I call him one of my top five super saints because this guy is a, a great example and has it all. Praise be to God and St. Louis IX, intercede for us, pray for us. Amen. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Dot org. Thank you, and God bless you.